What is up and welcome back to Zen Business, the show that studies health and mindfulness habits that ultra high performers use to reach the top of their industry and their craft. I'm your host, Jonathan Maxim, Managing Director at K&J Growth Hackers and founder of five digital companies. We've grown these companies to great levels and created an exciting and fulfilling life for our team members, but the truth is it was much more challenging than we ever could have imagined. All right, now let's jump in. up and welcome back to Zen Business. I am here in my new studio. This is my first solo episode recorded here and I am so stoked to be doing it finally. It's taken a lot of time and effort and work to get it to where it is today and I've got big expectations out of it. We invested a lot of time and effort into this and it should increase the production quality dramatically but also it's going to allow us to publish on YouTube and a bunch of other platforms. We've got a lot of cool stuff in store for you. Also, I have a second seat here so I can uh, continue doing more in-person interviews with some of the luminaries here in Los Angeles. So, uh, let me ask you a question. Have you ever noticed that when you buy a new car, everybody seems to have that same car when you start driving around and getting out and about town? You start noticing that car everywhere. And that is a, a little microcosm of how manifesting works, right? This is the tip of the spear. So this episode is about how to manifest anything you want. And this is going to be a series because I don't wanna just try to cram all this one into one episode, but it's gonna be a series on manifesting because this is a very key part of one, developing a connection with your spiritual self, two, getting the things you want out of life, and three, learning how to turn your dreams into reality. And this skill is extremely valuable. Obviously, there's a lot of people who have built an amazing life out of nothing or less than nothing. You know, I, I was pretty surprised when I heard that Tony Robbins came from basically a drug addict mother in a broken home, and he turned out to be one of the most influential and successful people there are today. And it's all through manifesting. He is what I would consider a landmark case of manifesting. So this series of episodes is going to break it down tactically and strategically how to manifest anything that you want. And so whether you are in debt or whether you are just starting out and you have a clean slate or whether you're already successful and you have a lot of things that you want, this is gonna help you get to the next level. So I'm gonna break it down into really simple terms. I'm gonna walk through uh, some experiences that I've had around manifesting and show you what's really possible. Um, so the first story I wanna start with is my dream vehicle, my dream car. So being a guy who um, had a big connection with my dad over cars for most of my youth, I really love cool cars. I've always loved them. I used to love you know, old Corvette Stingrays and you know, Ford Broncos and things like that. And uh, so when I grew up, I always wanted to have you know, certain cars. I wanted to have a sports car, I wanted to have you know, an SUV, I wanted to have an exotic, things like that. So um, it, you know, he and I customized cars when we were younger. We, we just connected over it. So it's always been something that's pretty integral in my life and important to me. So one of my goals about a year and a half ago, well, it's been my goal for three years now, but about a year and a half ago, I manifested this. So my goal was to get a Mercedes G-Class, right? And through this strange course of events, it fell into my lap. So I'm gonna walk you through what happened. So first I mentioned to my neighbor who has a G-Wagon that I wanted one. And uh, it turned out that he had one. And me and him had this kind of fun relationship going where we would trade vehicles from time to time. So 
I would let him borrow my BMW, he would let me borrow his Mercedes sports car, and we would trade cars and just have fun with it. Um, very kind of mutually trusting and, and supportive relationship. And so as, you know, business began to build with K&J, I started to have some more success in, you know, uh, kind of benefiting from some of the, the runoffs of that, but I had my eyes on this car. Now, the car that I wanted was over $100,000, and um, I didn't have that cash, and I didn't want to take out a lease or a loan to pay for that, even though I came to find out that most people do either lease or loan one of their, you know, exotics or supercars or, you know, something, you know, that costs maybe six figures to buy. Uh, it's pretty common for people to do that, but me, I don't like having debt, so I wanted to wait until I could buy either all of it or most of it in cash. So that was a pretty big um, expense that I, I didn't want to take on. You know, as Jay-Z says, if you can't buy it twice, then you can't afford it, right? So I have this kind of benchmark where if I don't feel comfortable making double the cost of whatever I'm gonna buy, then I shouldn't buy it. And it's a good benchmark when it comes to like buying something big like a home or, you know, let's just say you're considering putting all of your savings down on a down payment. It's not really smart to me. And, and ideally you should be able to put down half of your cash, your liquid cash and then, you know, make that investment as opposed to the full amount. So you can buy it twice essentially. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to buy this car and cause myself excessive risk. That was the bottom line. So how, how do I do it? Well, after mentioning it to my friend and I had just read a book on manifesting, which I'll get into a little bit. I brought two of the books that I really love for manifesting and I'm going to go give you three to walk away with today. But I mentioned this to my friend, right? And I had just started studying manifesting and I had done the little exercise where you manifest something small, which I'll go into in a little bit. But I asked him, uh, you know, whether he recommended buying one, right? The neighbor. And he said, uh, well, I'm, I'm going to be out of town for a week. Would you like to borrow mine and see how you like it? So that was the first indicator. Something came up, um, something fell into my lap, a blessing from the universe fell into my lap in the form of somebody allowing me to test drive and, and actually own that car for a week before I you know, made the big decision of buying something like that. And I, I saw that as a sign from, from God and from the universe and so I took it. So I said, yeah, absolutely, I would love to, I would love to borrow it. And up until then, I had been thinking about, I had been writing in my manifesting journal and kind of building out my manifesting vision for getting this car, but I didn't want to go into a dealer and go back and forth. I didn't want to test drive because I didn't want to be stuck under the pressure of used car salesman or any car salesman for that matter. I wasn't going to buy it new. I was going to buy it two years old. So that was a pretty important thing for me is I didn't want to waste a bunch of time in the dealers. Sometimes I've heard stories about people getting stuck in a dealer for nine hours. And I was not going to go get stuck in their sales cycle and just be persuaded to buy something that I didn't want to buy. So test driving a car really wasn't the option, wasn't an option for me. I didn't want to do that. And then I got the opportunity to test drive one um, with no strings attached, just a friend letting me borrow his car. And um, it happened to be the year and model that I wanted, and so I took it for a swing, right? I went out, I drove around, I you know, picked up friends, we went to the beach and we did things like that, and I felt really happy, right? The car was pretty much everything that I had hoped for. And so that was uh, 
another sign that this, this feels right, right? Like this is bringing me joy. It's not bringing me discomfort or fear or something like that. So the car was kind of providing what I was hoping it would provide, which was excitement, fun, adventure, etc. And after that, I of course gave the car back and then I began looking online for the one that I wanted to buy. I already knew I wanted that vehicle. It didn't really feel like I needed to test drive it. It was more about finding the configuration that I wanted. And so after that, um, a few days later, I ended up finding the vehicle that I wanted. I wanted it to have big rims on it. I wanted, because a lot of the wheels that come on the G-Wagons are not pretty to me. So I wanted a specific set of, of nice upgraded wheels. Um, I wanted it to be a matte finish because I didn't want to have to worry about keeping it clean. Um, I wanted it to look a little bit rugged. And by happenstance, I find one, right? Only thing is it's in San Francisco. So I'm like, okay, whatever, cool. Um, if it works out, it works out. Uh, it turned out to be matte or gunmetal gray. It turned out to have the bigger rims and tires on it. Perfect year model that I wanted, that I could afford. The price point was on point. And um, it was pretty much everything that I wanted in the car. It had you know, the brown stitched leather interior. It had Apple CarPlay, all of the features and stuff that I wanted. It, it was like the perfect one. But I still didn't have the money for it. Um, even though it matched my price range, I still had to come up with um, a, a pretty large amount of money to put down on it because remember I wanted to pay for it mostly cash um, or I, I, all cash and uh, so within I think it was a total of about a three-month time frame I went from visualizing the vehicle that I wanted to being given one for a week to test drive and get to actually see if I wanted that car and then uh, within a that three-month time frame I ended up getting it right so what happened i had a big deal closed that cleared fifty thousand dollars for me that added to the money i had already set aside for this and perfect i had the cash i needed to buy the car and it was that that happened naturally and by the universe uh there's no way i could have expected this big deal to come in and close in that time frame in time to get me money to buy that car uh, and so um the stars started aligning and then Within a, that, that time frame, I went and booked a, a flight, a one-way flight up to San Francisco. I brought my new girlfriend and uh, we went up there. I said, hey, you know, do you wanna take a risk with me? We're gonna, I'm gonna go buy this car in San Francisco and I would love for you to accompany me. Now this is maybe a few months after we met. So it was a little bit of a stretch to ask her to you know, travel the weekend with me. And um, I also said, look, I wanna turn this into an adventure. I don't want to have a structured plan. I want to, again, leave it up to the universe and see what happens. We went to the dealer, met the, uh, you know, the people who were selling the car, the, the Mercedes dealer or the Porsche dealer, and um, everything aligned perfectly. The financing for the remaining amount outside of the down payment, the people I was working with, uh, it felt good. I trusted them. Uh, the car looked exactly like I was hoping in person. It actually looked better. Uh, it was a little bit darker and I didn't want it to be too light of a silver color because lighter colors show, uh, show dirt more. And so I was like, wow, this, this turned out perfect. Um, I, I, I couldn't have called it better myself. And then after that, um, we bought the car on the spot. You know, I was able to negotiate and get the price that I wanted. And then we drove it off the lot. Um, the following two days of that weekend were a, a, a symphony of just 
beautifully orchestrated event, right? It, it was the weekend that my now fiance and I fell in love. We took the car down uh, the California coast and we drove to Carmel, we went to the hot springs, and then we went to Big Sur, and all kinds of serendipitous events happened. We didn't have a hotel booked because we wanted to, you know, just grab something along the way. And as we were driving down the coast, we, uh, we were trying to get a hotel, but everything was booked out. And, uh, and we're, having, we're having some fears, you know, we were like, are we gonna have to sleep in the car? So we're driving down through the redwoods in Northern California. The car is running out of gas because remember these cheap wagons do not get good gas mileage. So we're driving down the coast, it's like 11 at night. Um, we had just finished a nice dinner on the mountain in Big Sur. And, you know, it, it, it's foggy, it's dark outside, the car's running out of gas. And there are fewer and fewer lodges and hotels. And it was, it, it was look, looking pretty scary, to be honest. Um, I was freaked out because I'm like, this girl is gonna hate me if she gets stuck sleeping in the car. We're not gonna have anywhere to go to the bathroom or to shower or anything. And, uh, just a few miles before we ran out of gas, we stopped by a little uh, hotel uh, on the side of the mountain up in Big Sur. The, the doors were literally chained closed and it was midnight. And I saw somebody inside counting the, the register and so I started knocking on the window. And she came over, unlocked it, and she said, hey, what's going on? And I was like, uh, is there any chance that you have a room for the night? And <laughs> She looked at me and she's like, no, sorry, we're all booked out. And I'm like, is there anybody who's maybe late and can cancel the room or anything? And she's like, let me take a look. And she went back there, she spent a few minutes and then she eventually came back and she said, I have one room left. It's the, it's the biggest and the nicest room that we have and it's a little bit expensive, but I can put you up if you need to. And I was like, yeah, what does it cost? And she was like, $300. And I was like, oh, I'll take it. In my mind, I'm thinking all the hotels in that region are like 900 to $1,000 per night. And I was like, whoa, 300 bucks, we'll take it. On the spot, we, we buy the, the ice cream we have been talking about on the drive down. We uh, go and buy a, a bottle of wine and a bunch of snacks at her little general store. And we head up to this, this suite and it's super late and dark and uh, we crash for the night. It turned out perfectly, right? And then we get up in the morning and the sun starts shining in in the morning and we look out the window and it's just the most beautiful uh, ocean landscape that I have ever seen. Um, right outside of our window, the, the hotel is on a hill like this and we're just looking out into this beautiful expanse of the, you know, the Pacific Ocean. It was, it was some, some of the most picturesque hotel I've ever, ever been to. It was, it was small and quaint and boutique. Uh, it wasn't super high end, but just the, the energy there was was amazing. And um, that turned out to be the weekend that, like I said, we fell in love. And uh, there was just so many serendipitous events. We went to a black sand beach, we did hikes over there, we tasted local wines and everything. We drove down the California coast in this new G-Wagon. Now, the, the story of manifesting that car uh, was one of the most prominent uh, experiences I've had in terms of manifesting. It was very clear. I wanted this, I wrote it down, began manifesting it. God actually gave me a car to test drive before I bought the one that I was, you know, had my eyes on. And then beyond that, um, ended up finding the money and everything in a perfect way to get it. And so that made it all super, super real for me. And I knew that this stuff was real. 
So with that, I'm going to uh, move to telling you about the books on manifesting. So if you want to begin manifesting things in your life, whether it's a family, a partner, a car, a house, uh, a job, whatever it is, I have the exact handbook to get it done. So um, the first book that I'm going to uh, bring up here that you need to get into your hands um, before you begin this process so that you can have the context around it and the deep trust in the process is called uh, Ask It, It Is Given. It's by Esther and Jerry Hicks and it's Learning to Manifest Your Desires is the subtitle. They have a few other books like The, the Vortex, which is about manifesting relationships, uh, positive relationships into your life, which I, I brought. This isn't a necessity for learning how to manifest fundamentally, but it is, uh, I would say, like further reading beyond asking it is given. Now, it just so happens that my fiance introduced me to asking it is given and uh, showed me a whole new side of the spiritual world that I had not been tapping into. So uh, I, I felt that was all very serendipitous, but this book is the what I would say is my Bible in terms of getting what I want out of life. So as you can tell, this one is, is, is pretty beat up. Uh, this is the one that we keep on our bedside sedan. You can see that it's open to a page um, with a quote that we like to live by. You get what you think about whether or not you want it. That's kind of our, our mantra in our relationship. So we keep this book handy and I, I reread this one all the time. I probably reread the whole thing like three times at this point and then picked it up a whole bunch of other times and just read it for morning reading and things like that as, as little reminders to, uh, to keep my manifesting antennas on. So here's a little bit of a story about the authors. And I, I think it's important that you understand the context of this before you go into manifesting because you need to understand and feel it at a deep level. And everything here is very feelings-based. And so you're gonna to have to lean into your feminine, into your feeling side to make your manifesting dreams work. And being a guy who has a lot of alpha drive, um, I would say that I, I did a lot of contrived work up until now. I put way more effort in and yielded only linear results you know, rather than exponential results. So in order to get those exponential results out of manifesting, you really have to lean into your feeling side. What feels good, what feels natural, what feels aligned, what feels in tune. And that is what this book is going to teach you. Um, so you don't have to, of course, read the whole book you, before you begin manifesting. You'll probably start manifesting within days of you know opening it. But that book is, is the one that I didn't know about, so I wanna share it with you because it's just uh, incredibly valuable, in my opinion. So. First step, getting asked and it is given. Another book that I recommend is called The Secret. Um, I heard about this one through Rob Deerdeck. I've, I've also heard about it elsewhere, but it's also about manifesting. And that's a good one to get on audiobook and listen to on Audible as you're falling asleep so that you are literally reprogramming your mind to think from a state of abundance and manifestation and positivity and you know welcoming positive energy so that while we are sleeping, instead of thinking about at a subconscious level things that we fear or things that are going on in our life, we are programming our mind to be in this positive, abundant mind state at a subconscious level, right? So obviously you should listen and read the book on a conscious level, but if you want to program it at a deeper level, at a more fundamental level of your core being, then you should listen to it uh, as you go to sleep. And it's a good way to, to fall asleep as well. So uh, about the authors, so Esther and Jerry Hicks are 
a couple who went and saw a healer in Arizona. I think it was in the 80s. They published his book in 86, I believe. And they, they're, all of their writing is through the voice of Abraham. Now, Abraham is basically a spirit or some kind of God figure or universal energy that came and spoke to them. So they had this spiritual experience and they met Abraham. And Abraham said, I'm going to tell you everything you need to know about manifesting anything that you want. And so everything in that book is the teachings of Abraham. So they acted as a medium to translate this message from the universe, from you know, the energies and the, the guides of the universe, the angels, essentially. And so this book is all written first person from Abraham Hicks. It is translated and transcribed by Esther and Jerry Hicks. So uh, I just want to read a little excerpt that I collected on this before the show to, to, to walk you through some of the more technical components. So Esther and Jerry both began disclosing their amazing Abraham experience to a handful of close business associates in 1986 when they recognized the practical results being received by them and how others were getting their practical questions answered and then applying Abraham's answers to the situation both Esther and Jerry decided to allow the teachings of Abraham to become available to an ever-widening circle of seekers who choose to live a happier life. So, this honestly sounded a little bit foo-foo to me when I first saw it, but I was like, you know, what's the worst that could happen? I'll give it a read. Um, if I don't like it, I can just put it down. Um, but there's one quote that sticks out from the book I want to read to you. The more that you think about it, the more you vibrate like it, the more you vibrate like it, the more of that which is like it is attracted to you. So if there's something that you want, the more you think about it, you'll begin to uh, become that vibration. And the more you become that vibration, the more that, uh, that of which is your interest will be attracted to you. The trend in attraction will continue to increase until a different vibration is offered by you. And when a different vibration is offered, things that match that vibration are drawn to you by you. Right, so let's just say you want to manifest this new car. Uh, when you are in that state of being where I already own that car and I am the person who deserves it and uh, can receive it and I will accept it when it comes to me, then the more you have that vibration and frequency, the more it will be attracted to you and eventually it'll land on your doorstep. But if you start thinking about the lack of having it, then you will attract the lack that you're thinking about. That's why people say you, you get what you think about, right? Because if you're thinking about a void, then you attract the void. Whereas if you're thinking about this subject of your manifestation, whether it's the car or the house or the partner or whatever, you will attract that. So it's a, it has to be done from a place of positivity, not from a place of negativity. So instead of thinking about the void, you think about the, the subject of your manifestation. So in this episode, I'm going to go over the steps that you uh, want to take care of before you begin manifesting. So uh, the first step is you need to understand the law of attraction. Simply stated, the law of attraction is that whatever you put your attention to through thought or desire becomes a reality. So just like anything else, whether you're, you're taking coaching or taking somebody's advice, if you don't apply what they are saying 
in the methodology that they are proposing, so the process or the structure or the system that goes with their coaching, then you will not get the intended results. It's that simple, right? If you're trying to bake a cake and you put salt instead of sugar in, of course, the cake isn't gonna taste good at the end, right? It's the same way. You have to apply the recipe as prescribed. So that's why it's important to read the book before so you can one, understand the law of attraction and also you know, the book, uh, The Secret, is, is another um, different viewpoint of the same law of attraction. So the first step is understanding the law. And when it comes to the law of attraction, every intention, desire, emotion, feeling that we put out there will be reciprocated and returned with a matching frequency. So the more we're thinking about things that make us feel good and positive things, the more we will attract those things. The, less, the more negative things that you think about, the more you'll attract those. And that is why some people seem to be stuck in a, a strike of bad luck because oftentimes they're focusing on their bad luck. Oh, of course that would happen to me, right? How many times have you heard somebody say that? Whereas uh, somebody who's thinking from a place of uh, manifestation and, and understanding the law of attraction, they will be thinking about what can I learn from this experience that will improve the likelihood of me getting what I want, right? So instead of this has happened to me, this has happened for me. I'm sure you've heard that statement. So you need to be thinking about the law of attraction as the world is conspiring in your favor. You have to embrace that and you have to absorb it at a very deep level. And that's why reading the book is so powerful because you're reading it letter by letter, word by word, and line by line, chapter by chapter going through it in a very slow, deep and methodical way. When I read, I do not speed read. I read for the sole purpose of absorption. And if it's not interesting enough or valuable enough for me to make time to absorb it fully, then I don't read it, right? So this is something where you need to commit at a deep level to make it work. So if you're not willing to commit to the practice of manifestation, then don't waste your time at all or maybe open it up, give it a try, and if it doesn't work for you, then don't do it. But if you do wanna do it, you need to read through the book and understand all the components of the law because there's a lot more to it than just uh, setting out desires for what you want. That's the, the, the basic roundup of it, but there's countless chapters in here, like to what are you giving your attention? How can I know what I'm attracting? How can we approve the way that I feel? How can emotions be my guide? How can uh, uh, how can we remove obstacles from our path? So there's a lot of, it, it's broken into basically like very small chapters here, which I guess makes it very readable, but you need to learn all of that at a, uh, at an intention, in an intentional way. Um, and then, and then you will understand the law, just like understand the law of, you know, you don't want to go drive on the highway unless you know the speed limit. You need to understand the law before you go work within that system or that structure. So your first step, understand the law. Once you understand the law of attraction, the second is to uh, understand that you are born to have desires and preferences and to fulfill those. That is what purpose is. So your job on this universe is to fulfill your purpose, right? So you were meant to, you were created for the sole purpose of fulfilling on your desires. It's that simple. And if, if, you, if you think about that and really absorb it, it's like, wow, uh, that's true. So if I was built to fulfill on my dreams, 
then the world should work in my favor to make that happen. So the most common question that people ask Abraham Hicks is, why is it taking me so long to get what I want? And the, ans the answer is that it's not because you, you don't want something enough, it's because, or because you're not worthy, or because fate is against you. Rather, you are not in the vibrational state of matching that desire. So before you can be accepting and receiving something, you have to be in the vibration of what you want. In order to be in the vibration of attracting what you want, you need to understand the law and work within that law, which says uh, the world and the universe will reward you with what you desire. So that's why it's fundamental to understand the law so that when you go into the world and understanding that you are born to desire and to fulfill on those desires, the only thing stopping you is if you are not in a vibrational match and in in deep agreement with yourself that I was born to desire and to fulfill this and these are the rules. So it is not a bad thing to have desires and preferences. It is a good thing. That is what creates dynamism. That's what creates creativity, right? I might have an interest or a preference of creating a business and that within that business, it might be a creative agency, right? Or a marketing agency. Okay. So that desire, that preference is what drives the economy, it drives the universe, it drives society because each of us have different desires. We all have different preferences. You prefer blue, I prefer green, right? I prefer a neon light, you prefer, I don't know, a painted sign. So that uniqueness is what defines who you are and that is a positive thing. If, if you don't agree with somebody, because your preferences are different than theirs, that is not a bad thing. That is a good thing. Maybe we weren't meant to collaborate with that person, but our preferences and desires are what make us special. So you should never feel bad about wanting something because this is your innate desire. This is your creative expression coming out. So once you understand the law and you trust that you are here with a purpose and the universe is conspiring to support you in that purpose that you have desires and that you are built to fulfill upon those desires. Once you have those first two building blocks, number three is to trust your emotions. So, um, I think a lot of analytical and tech thinking and, you know, just the whole workforce is built around how much data can you analyze? What technical skills do you have? How much operational excellence is there? What kind of goals can you set now? Those are all extremely masculine pursuits, right? The heavy focus on masculine causes us to overlook our emotional cues, right? So we might do something that doesn't feel right because we're trying to reach a financial goal. That happens all the time, in my opinion. People are in pursuit of something that is uh, ultimately not in their benefit and it is not in their calling and their purpose. So they often fall victim to bad situations because they're, they're pursuing something that is uh, out of alignment because of an alpha masculine goal, right? I wanna be rich so that X, Y, and Z, but that might not be what feels good for them. They might want it for you know, vanity reasons to impress people or to, uh, you know, have some degree of approval or, you know, just feel uh, 
allowed, you know, to have permission. And, and those are not aligned with the deep heart drives. So it is important that you um, lean and tap into your emotions because emotions are the frequency of the universe, right? We were built with emotions so that we can uh, have a feeling, have a mind, body, soul connection to our decisions. So while they might seem foo-foo, this is the shit that they don't tell you. This is the nuance. This is the counterintuitive part about success is stuff that feels good supports your growth. And a lot of people think, oh, I have to do stuff that feels bad in order to reach a certain goal. You have to encounter challenge, but it shouldn't feel bad or out of alignment. And once you raise your emotional state to a place of positivity uh, deliberately, you are no longer powerless to your emotions. And there is a, a spectrum of emotions that you need to move up in order to get to the highest state of elevation in terms of yourself and your emotions. Otherwise, you can become a victim to them. If you are having, uh, let's just say something deep down the spectrum on the negative side, you can't just jump from a negative 15 to a positive 10. You have to move to a negative 14, 13, 12, and so on. So there is a spectrum that the book will teach you about in terms of moving up the emotional spectrum to get to the uh, state of positive expectancy and a state where you can actually accept what you are manifesting because a lot of people are caught up in a state of insecurity, of negativity, and they can never receive and accept what they are desiring because they're in this state of negativity and they're fixated on the void, what is missing, not what is expected and, and actually being that new person that they wanna be and receiving what they wanna receive. And then the last one I wanna talk about today is manifesting during heightened states. So when we are excited, when we are ecstatic, when we have positive emotions around something, our rockets of desire, the, the emotions that we put out into the universe about what we want, so let's just say we're manifesting something. If we are manifesting in a state where we are excited, positive, and you know, have positive expectancy out of things, then that is when manifesting is strongest. So it's important that timing-wise, when you are feeling good, that is the time to really lean into your manifestation. So when things are going positively, you really want to absorb that moment whether it's visualizing, mood boarding, journaling, etc., begin to build out that positive expectation when you are feeling good and the likelihood and the time and speed that that new dream and desire lands on your doorstep increases. So the more opportunities, the more moments where we can have where we feel positive and the amount of manifestation we do during those moments when we're positive and how positive uh, expectancy we are feeling in that moment that is what determines the velocity at which your dreams come back to you. Okay, I'm gonna hit pause there for now. We have two more episodes in this series. If you are excited about this and uh, wanna get to the next stage of your manifestation, make sure to pick up on next week's episode. Um, next week, we're gonna talk about the mindset habits that you need to have. Uh, now that you understand the rules of attraction, the, the law of attraction, We'll talk about the mind state and seven habits that you have to adopt in your mind to begin that manifestation. And then in the third episode, we're gonna talk about actually manifesting something and you will have a real tangible input and output after that episode and you can begin your first manifestation. All right, thanks so much for listening. Much love and I'll see you in the next episode.